Chapter Twenty Eight of Molly's Prince. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Molly's Prince by Rosa Nushet Carey. Chapter Twenty Eight. But yet the pity of it the web of our life is of a mingled yarn good and ill together all's well that ends well for this relief much thanks hamlet when althea had read the brief message she told mitchell very quietly that there was no answer required and that she might give the boy some refreshment and send him away and then as the maid left the room she handed the telegram to moritz it troubled her kind heart to see the pain in his eyes as he read it he was quite pale and his lips twitched under his moustache what does it mean he asked in rather a stifled voice i thought you said that she was well if she is ill why is her sister to be kept away you see what he says do not come yes i see returned althea very gravely it must be something sudden but i hope for poor dear waverley's sake that it is nothing infectious let me think for a moment one cannot grasp it at once this is wednesday and on sunday molly was well only a little pale and tired and yes i remember she had a slight headache and so waveney persuaded her not to go to church a headache and pale and tired good heavens althea it is clear as daylight she was sickening for something moritz's tone was so tragical and he paced the room so restlessly that in spite of her very real anxiety althea could hardly repress a smile dear moritz she said gently there is no need to take such a gloomy view our pretty molly is human and must be ill sometimes like other people perhaps it's a bad cold or influenza or it might even be measles they are very much about for moritz unregenerate women had been singularly captious since the new year and close muggy days had paved the way for all kinds of ailments to which flesh is heir there was a great deal of sickness at dereham and althea had being both wise and careful in refusing to allow waveney to go as usual amongst her pensioners of course it may be anything returned lord ralston impatiently for even his easy temper was not proof against the bitterness of his disappointment he had so hungered and thirsted poor fellow for a sight of molly's sweet face all these weeks he had been doing his duty nobly and now he had looked for his reward absence makes the heart grow fonder he had said to himself that very morning would this 
bud of love which he had been nurturing so tenderly have blossomed into a beauteous flower when they met again over and over again he had asked himself this question but molly was ill and all hope of an immediate answer was over it may be anything he repeated but who is to look after her there is only her father and that half-witted maid of all work there used to be some friend who nursed them when they were ill but she is living somewhere in the country with an invalid lady we must get a nurse do you know where their doctor lives but althea shook her head no but we can find out moritz i think the best plan will be for me to go over to cleveland terrace and then i can tell waveney exactly how things are i will leave a line for doreen and beg her to say nothing until my return then a look of intense relief crossed moritz's face it's a good idea he said eagerly and i will go with you and althea made no objection to this it is a pity the carriage is out she said regretfully but george shall get us a cab now we will go and have some luncheon and then i will get ready but with both of them the meal was a pretense apprehension and worry deprived moritz of all appetite and althea was so nervous and fluttered at the idea of encountering everard in his own home that she could scarcely eat a morsel she rose as soon as possible and left moritz to finish his repast but he preferred pacing the room in spite of his vivacity and gaiety de cour his jaunty airs and cheerfulness he was easily depressed any form of illness that attacked those he loved preyed on his mind when gwendolen's little son was born he was so anxious and despondent that jack compton in spite of his own natural solicitude for his young wife's safety laughed at him and told him that he looked as melancholy as a gib cat the old chap was in the doldrums and no mistake he said to gwen afterwards i tell him i played the man twice as well as he but he is a good old sort too and then with awe and wonder the young father regarded the small and crumpled and exceedingly red morsel of humanity lying snugly within gwen's arm as they drove up to cleveland terrace they saw an unmistakable doctor's bohem before the door of number ten lord ralston's swarthy complexion turned rather livid at the sight but althea only remarked with composure that they had come just at the right time noel opened the door to them he had seen them from the window his face brightened perceptibly father has gone up with dr duncan he said but they will be coming down directly you had better come up into the studio there is a fire there and noel led the way althea glanced quickly around the room as she entered it was shabby 
there could be no doubt of that but there was an air of comfort about it and then she subsided wearily into a corner of the big cosy-looking couch but moritz marched off to the inner room and stood with his back to them gazing at poor molly's little writing-table with an aching heart noel what is the matter with your sister asked althea in a low voice but noel could not tell her she had seemed queer and feverish the previous day he explained and his father had advised her remaining in bed she had a bad night and her throat was painful and he had been forbidden to go near her this was dr duncan's first visit they had sent for him in the morning but he had been unable to come until now it was evident that noel could not enlighten them much so althea forbore to question him further and waited silently until they heard footsteps descending the stairs but as they passed by the studio door althea heard the doctor say i will look in later and see what you have done about the nurse noel heard it too for he looked rather startled a nurse he muttered poor old pater that will bother him a bit and then everard came quickly into the room noel i want you he said rather sharply duncan says but here he stopped in sudden surprise as althea's tall figure rose from the couch mr ward she said quietly waveney was out so i opened your telegram and i have come to see if there's anything i can do for molly my cousin lord i mean mr ingram has brought me then everard with rather a sad smile held out his hand to the young man you are both very kind he said simply but there is nothing you can do for the dear child molly is very ill and dr duncan wishes her to have a good nurse at once i'm going to send noel off to the institution he has given me the address it is diphtheria and her throat is in a dreadful state and there is no time to be lost let me go returned moritz earnestly i will take a hansom and be there in no time mr ward i shall esteem it as a favor and a mark of true friendship if you will send me instead of noel but before everard could reply to this urgent request althea's gentle voice interposed mr ward please listen to me a moment i know what this illness means i have had it myself molly will need two nurses there will be no one to take care of her by day while the nurse rests and any neglect will be an awful risk please let moritz go and settle the business there need only be one to-night but the day nurse must relieve her to-morrow morning let him have the address and noel can go with him and then you must let me go up and see molly and then everard in a dazed fashion held out a folded piece of paper two nurses i shall be in the workhouse they heard him mutter 
but no one took any notice althea you are a trump whispered moritz as she followed him into the passage tell me anything she needs and i will get it two nurses she'll have a dozen nurses if the doctor approves we will have a second opinion we will have the great throat doctor sir hindley richmond down but what more moritz would have said in that eager sibilant whisper was never known for althea gave him an impatient little push go go there is no use in talking i shall not leave until the nurse arrives and then she went back into the studio she had forgotten her nervousness now her reluctance to enter everard's house her face glowed with kindly womanly sympathy as she approached him i am so sorry for you she said gently and i am sorry for dear molly too for it is such a painful complaint but with good nursing i hope she will soon be well is dr duncan a clever man oh yes i believe so returned mr ward dejectedly but his charges are very high miss hartford i am afraid we must manage with one nurse i have not the means i am a poor man but althea turned a deaf ear to this it was far too early in the day to proffer help he must not be told yet that he has good friends who were only too thankful to be allowed to bear his burdens for molly's sake for waveney's sake and for poor moritz's sake there must be no indulgence of false and misplaced pride he must be managed adroitly and with finesse and female diplomacy no masculine blundering must effect this how did molly catch it she asked to turn his thoughts from the question of expense but everett could not answer this question molly had not seemed well since sunday he said she had been restless and irritable and complained of feeling ill she had been so feverish in the night that he thought it must be influenza and he had sent for dr duncan but early as it was he had already started on his rounds and had only just come he would pay another visit later in the evening althea listened to this in silence then she said rather gravely mr ward what are we to do about waveney it will break her heart to be kept from molly and yet then he turned upon her almost fiercely and there was an excited gleam in his eye i will not have it tell waveney that i forbid her to come near the house good heavens would she add to my troubles it is not enough to have one child ill then his eyes filled with tears and the hand he put on althea's arm shook a little dear miss hartford be my friend in this keep waveney safe for me and something in his tone told athea that dearly as everett loved all his children 
this was the one who came closest to his heart do not fear she returned tenderly you can trust me and waveney loves you far too well to disobey you but here she sighed it will certainly break her heart molly is her other and her dearer self yes poor darling i know that but she must be brave tell her from me please that i will write twice a day if that will comfort her she shall know everything there shall be nothing hidden from her yes i will tell her returned althea sorrowfully and when my cousin returns we will arrange about noel he must not stop here then there was an unmistakable look of gratitude in everard's eyes you think of everything he said in a broken voice i was troubling sadly about the poor lad now i am afraid i must leave you as molly has no other nurse but he was both touched and surprised when althea rose too let me go with you she said quickly i am not the least afraid i had the complaint very badly myself before we left kitlands i fear we are both doing wrong returned everard hesitating your sister will be very angry with you but althea shook her head very decidedly at this and he was too bewildered and miserable to argue the point the sick-room looked bare and comfortless to althea's eyes in spite of the bright fire burning cheerily in the grate the big iron bedstead with its old and obviously patched quilt the dark stained wood furniture and the narrow window seats with faded red cushions were hardly a fit shrine for molly's dainty beauty molly lay uncomfortably on her pillows she looked flushed and ill and her beautiful eyes had a heavy distressed look in them she held out her hands rather eagerly to althea but the next moment she drew them back oh i forgot she said in a thick voice and it was evidently a great effort to speak you must not come near me dr duncan said so tell my darling wave that she must keep away if she loves me and ask her not to fret oh i cannot talk and here poor molly flung herself back on the pillows and her hot restless fingers tried to put back the heavy masses of rough tangled hair how althea longed to brush it out and sponge the fevered face and hands but at her first hint everard frowned and looked anxious not for worlds he said decidedly the nurse will be here directly the institution is hardly a mile from here and ingram will take a hansom he spoke in a low voice but molly heard him oh father is mr ingram here she whispered how sorry he will be to hear i am ill and then a sudden thought struck her and she beckoned to althea rather excitedly miss hartford she said in her poor hoarse voice will you do something for me in that small right-hand drawer behind you 
you will see a little parcel it is directed please give it to mr ingram from me althea secretly marvelled at this but held her peace when the dainty white parcel was in her hand she said gently yes dear molly he shall have it directly he returns but now your father does not wish me to stay good-bye god bless you my child and althea's tone of faltering tenderness arrested everard's attention it would not be safe i dare not let you do anything for her he said very softly as he opened the door i will stay with her until the nurse comes but please go down and rest and althea who was trembling with some strange emotion obeyed him without a word end of chapter twenty eight recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c